0: Hello and welcome back to Celtic twenty twenty-one. Um back here after somewhat probably of a sabbatical. Um I'm Ryan and beside me here is Paul.
1: It's good to be back. It's good to be back after a wee spell away. We've missed a few a few big games, to be fair, but um aye, it's good to be back. Good to be back, aye. Um Paul was away sunny self. Hi, um a wee we ten days over in France, um, down in Nice, uh, which was absolutely nice. amazing. Aye, it was it was good. Uh, managed to catch a, a league on game while I was there as well between uh, Nice and Montpellier, which was good experience. Different, uh, just a totally different culture. They've got over there when it comes to football, like a lot more relaxed, and obviously you can have a beer at the game and. Even just the stewarding and the policing, like uh, the police, were just standing watching the game. <laughs> they're all they're all armed with machine guns, but they just stand and watch the game, and they're relaxed and jovial. You can't miss Scotland, and the stewards the stewards are trying to stand in your way and block your view and throw people at the stadium, and just so much more relaxed. Um, so I, it was a decent game. Nice won one now, but uh, I'll no I'll nobody become a Nice fan.
0: But you're back. We missed. Um, we missed the Rangers game.
1: Aye, what a game I miss. missed. Uh, looked like some day watching it in a pub in Nice. <laughs> but aye, we looked brilliant. It was obviously after all the talk about the post split fixtures and trying to avoid us being able to win the title against Rangers, it ended up turning out that way anyway and what a performance we put in. Aye, no half. Uh,
0: dominated the game and it uh, just showed the massive gap between uh, them and us, to be fair again, uh, 9-0 aggregate over two games uh, so it couldn't be any more convincing so uh, we missed that one well, um, you were gone um, you've came back since and we missed last week due to uh, more technical issues with the, the podcasting setup and or back fully on the go again for this week?
1: I, yeah, we're back ready to go. Um, obviously with the Hearts game last week, that was a, a good one as well. Um, after all the the grass cutting and the the somewhat aggressive tactics for Hearts, so it's always good to, to get one over and get a wee bit of revenge back for the last time we went to Tyncastle. Then we had the game during the week against Comarnock, which was... Like predictably um, underwhelming with the the way the home form has been at times this season, and then you just knew that after the league was wrapped up and a midweek game after the split, I mean it's just had all the signs with the changes in the team that it was maybe not going to be the most free-flowing performance, and it wasn't. And then shit written all over it, really didn't it? Aye, it was uh, it was dreadful, really. Just. Sat in the rain, getting absolutely soaked, miserable, barely even created a chance. I think I hired a header build it for offside. That was the most exciting thing that happened the whole night. Um, and then on a Sunday, aye. And uh, you expect the
0: league um, title celebrations to be well and fully underway and some dominant performance. So, again... You're there, brother. You're on the side of the park, um, ready to watch it unfold. Give us your insight.
1: Well, I It was a strong team, uh, I think. Ben and had the cup final in mind, Um, compared with the team, Fickel-Marnock, during the week. They had a lot of rotation, a lot of changes in it. It was pretty much back to full strength. Maybe you'd say Barclay Gordon, just with his fitness. There's only one that you'd maybe say uh, could come come into the cup final team next week, but it was full strength, and obviously trophy day, everybody's there to celebrate the season uh, and and see the team lifting the the title. But uh, I think that these these days can be a little bit anticlimactic because it's kind of after the fact. Uh, and Aberdeen had the greater need they had a need <laughs> um, and I think Ben Rogers actually said after it that he just felt that, that we were disappointing, and because Aberdeen had the greater need that was why they edged it
0: Aye, it's no been. you just you touched it there and we spoke about it after the midweek game with um, Marnock that we would be back to full strength on the Sunday and and then that would, we thought at the time that would allow us to get a good result and finish the season on a high note. Um, the domestic, kinda, the, the league season, uh, obviously we've still got the game coming up in the cup final, which we can touch on later on. Uh, but we did think that if we put out a full strength team um, on the day, uh, we would be strong enough and good enough to see off Aberdeen. Um it wasn't the case and like you say they did have the greater need. However, you also have said it in the last kind of five minutes or so, that home form this season has been pretty poor, um, at best. So it just it finishes off a poor league season for me. I don't think we've been great in the league. Um I think we showed um a number of frailties again on, on uh, Sunday and I just feel that we need something more next season in the league um, we didn't get that on, on Sunday I didn't get the feeling that um, that the team we put out the full strength team um, had that fire on. Uh, but again it's the last game of the season and it can be anticlimactic so
1: Aye well I think obviously the home form has been Disappointing this season, but uh, I mean we can come on to talk about the the broader season after after we spoke about Sunday's game. But I remember, I think I remember a Martin Neil team losing uh, on trophy day to Dunfermline, one 0 at Celtic Park. I think Gary Dempsey scored, if I remember right, in two thousand three. Might have been t- t- um, sorry, we didn't win the league in two thousand three, two thousand three, two thousand four, or something like that. Um, so I mean it's been known to happen but Sunday's not really the big disappointment it's just it kind of underlines a sort of niggling theme for the home form this season 11 played 19, won
0: 11
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that one defeat and seven draws So that's not great, and I think what we've been able to see over the course of the season, and I've been thinking it but never really wholeheartedly said it, but I think what we can see for the Celtic team this season is that it really struggles to play without pressure and without an edge, and that's obviously an issue for lots of reasons, but I think it's just abundantly clear that any time there's been pressure this season, we've turned up and and really performed and got the result that we needed. But plenty of occasions where there hasn't been, then we've really struggled. And if anything, I think next season, all we need, or the thing that we need most, is whether it be one or two additions who come in and have got, really got something to prove, we just need the players to have an edge back every single week. To have that, whether it's a massive pressure game or not, they just need to try and bring that intensity every week because it's really not been great at times this season. And like, we need to find a more consistent spark for somewhere next season. Aye, we definitely do need to find a spark more consistently
0: uh, next season. There has to be something in them that sees us through those games because, like you said, um, for a number of reasons, uh, we need something more um, for the team. Uh, probably primarily, we have quite literally coasted the league this season in second gear, um, which for the fans, 60,000 filling into the stadium most weeks, Um it's not good enough. You pay good money to sit there at the, the side of the park and to go in there for a team that are running about in second gear and struggling to um, to put wins together. We just said, seven or eight draws this year at home, one defeat. It's just not great um, to watch. It's not great to pay a lot of money for. Uh, and it would be nice to think that maybe one or two people do come in and inject a bit of life, a bit of passion back into but they're trying to achieve something to prove um, and deliver some good performances next year, even against the lower teams, which we did last year convincingly,
1: um, and we just haven't managed this year. Aye, there's no doubt it's been it's been disappointing. Um, I think one of the most uh, sort of shocking things or unexpected things about it has been the lack of goals, particularly since sort of New Year time when we did the 0-0 draw. Uh, at home against, at home against Rangers, we've had five now, now draws since then. St Johnston at home, Mullerwell away, Dundee at home, and Kilmarnock during the week there. Um, that's, it's just sort of, it's unheard of. I think it's been a really strange season, uh, in a lot of senses, because, as you said, we have coasted in the league and. In terms of the fact that we were never really under pressure, in terms of a title race, apart from that five minutes that Rangers pretended that they thought they were going to challenge us before we beat them at Ibrox. But generally, we've we've won it comfortably. But it's it's such a contrast with the the way the performances have been throughout the season. Like we've never had a prolonged spell of really good form um, we've, we've failed to score goals um, I think it's failed to score in 8 of the last 21 uh, league games, which is more than a third aye. so failed to score in more than a third of the, the last 21 league games which is quite astonishing really um, when, you, when you put it against the fact that I have been so comfortable but there's still this uh, underlying thread of like underwhelming performances, and and Sunday was Sunday was another one uh, where for all I thought we started all right the first ten fifteen minutes, um, I thought Dembele looked quite sharp, but Aberdeen as well they started they started uh, they started good, and then I think as the game went on. We didn't really get, like, we couldn't really get in an area where we could get a clear-cut chance. We, um, couldn't we maybe get a nosies in front that would maybe have settled them down and then like took the the wind out Aberdeen's sails? And then for there, it just it kind of went on, and Aberdeen gradually came into the ascendancy, and um, we just eventually couldn't couldn't get back in, and it was it was another game that we we didn't manage to score in. Do you know what? I feel like we've started this podcast and
0: the season has been extremely poor and I almost feel bored talking about them. Like I honestly just feel a bit bored thinking how few goals we've scored, how poor we've been at home, how the standards just haven't been, like, yes we were spoiled last year, yes we were invincible, yes we did everything that we never thought was possible, yes we're on the brink of doing something that... has been impossible in Scottish football. Um, Previously, we were one game away from it, which is all good. But to look at the season on the whole and think about how poor the team have performed, we've been in second gear, we've coasted to a a seventh um, consecutive title. So there's niceties there, but the bulk of what we've absolutely watched and, and coped with this year has been nothing short of shit in comparison to what I expected from it. Um, we've got a lot of big strikers, people who can bang in goals. Um, Griffiths has hit like 40 in a season. Um, Dembele's capable of 20-25 goals in a season, especially up here in Scotland. Um, Edward's shown he's got the abilities to put the ball in the net. Armstrong's banging in goals. Sinclair's banged in goals. Like, there's been a lot of people who scored a lot of goals in their career. And Even last year at Celtic, we had goals coming from all parts of the field, but this year we've lacked them. This year we've lacked the edge, the killer instinct. We've lacked something that just—I feel like—I'm just glad that the season's by with now. For as far as the league's concerned, because we've done well in the cups. We're into the final again, back-to-back trebles could well happen as long as we all turn up um, this weekend coming, which would be nice. But again, it that pressure situation and um, Celtic do turn up when the pressure's on. Uh, but again, I just feel bored talking about how poor they've been this season and it's nice to think that we're almost at the end of that and hopefully um, something can change. And It would be nice to talk about what we feel could change when the season does come to a close. Um, but maybe, most importantly, we look and um, address the game coming up which could see us get that uh, back-to-back travels, um, unless there's something else that you want to touch on as far as um, form this league season's gone. I just feel like it's not a productive way to produce a podcast always going over the same shit that we've had to cope with this season. Yes, it's been fucking shit, but we're coming on to um, the biggest game in Scottish football history because, uh, again...
1: Um, can rewrite the history books, Paul? Aye, as you say, we don't want to dwell on it too much because you could go round in circles and it's so hard to put your finger on where where the sort of dip has came from because we know that we've got the best squad by a mile and because there has been times where we've we've really turned it on in the bigger games then it's hard to see why there's been so many occasions where we've we've fallen short of that standard that we, we know we're capable of. And that's where I think it's just the only theme that I can see is that it's just the lack of that pressure situation that that brings the good performances out, which does bring us on nicely to to Saturday at Hamden against Mullerwell. And um as you said, it's never never happened before and Scottish football history so never in Celtics history either to win back-to-back trebles and again if we sort of zoom out and if we're coming away for the sort of negativity uh, much of the performances this season to look at the big picture Brendan Rodgers walked in the door off the back of last season going unbeaten to now beat the stage where we've got one game left of this season he's won five domestic trophies out of five um and that game on saturday one game away from six out of six as astonishing like i think even even in your sort of wildest expectations of brendan Rodgers you wouldn't have been saying i were going to win trebles back to back and and it's it's a real uh, Fella in his cap, if he can, if he can rewrite this history after doing something that we didn't expect to ever see last season, in and in an invincible treble, and then being able to follow up with another treble off the back of that, um, it, it really would be uh, an, an amazing thing to see as a Celtic fan when you think about the. The amount of times we've won a treble in our history, it'd be amazing to do it back to back.
0: Aye, absolutely amazing.
1: Uh, but we are a
0: game away from it. Um we do all have to turn up. Mother role, um the, the, they've been called the um the physical uh team that they always put themselves about. Um so Brendan Rogers uh he's performing what you would perceive in terms of the trophy. Um trophy collection is something a miracle. Um in Scotland just now, kinda of looking to deliver back to back trebles. Um i I've not been a massive fan of how because he is a manager and, and kinda of over the season we've not performed at the level we have, but here we come into the game on Saturday and one victory away from the double treble, um how are we gonna do it? the team, what's the what's your thoughts
1: on Morrow coming into the game? They're gonna be massively up for it. Aye well they've caused us problems this season. Um apart for that the five one uh sorry the five nil game that came at the end of that spell where we played them three times in a week. Uh we haven't actually beaten them that convincingly the 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 Betfred Cup final was a little bit closer. Obviously it was 2-0 and then um, we've had the draw against them at uh, Far Park just uh, a couple of months ago there. So we know what we're going to get from them. Uh, they're direct, they're physical. Uh, they look to get a lot, play up to Curtis Main and try and get in round about them. They've got Ryan Bowman up there as well. Again, physical, strong in the air. But I think for us, we just need to as long as we can deal with that direct physical threat, and we can get on the ball, and as we've touched on, uh, everybody's right at it, and we can play at our own intensity, um, we shouldn't have have any problems breaking Malo down because um, they've not been in great form themselves. I mean, they uh, they lost five one at home at St Johnston uh, just last week there, so. I mean, there's there's goals to be had against them. Don't get me wrong; they'll be right up for it as well. It's a massive game for them, but as long as as we full-strength team and um, we can find that right intensity and that right edge in our performance, then I think I think we'll be okay. Aye, I, I do as well. Um,
0: and again, it's as it we're on the cusp of something really special. Uh, the team know that and they do tend to turn up on their games um, they have done every single time they've been asked to uh, since Brendan Rogers come in um, I think we're right in saying that Motherwell are going to be up for it I think it's not going to be um, I can't see us coasting to victory in it because they do give us a, um, a run for our money if you like even when we're up for it um, I think it's, it's going to be a close one uh, but I, I can only see one result coming from
1: it. I can only see us walking away with a double treble. Aye, hopefully, that's, as I say that would be an absolutely fantastic achievement at the end of Brendan Rodgers' second season. I think um, the team itself won't be too far away uh, from Sunday there as I touched on at the start of the podcast. Um, I think if Craig Gordon is is fit enough. He might come back in for for Scott Bain, but other than that, I expect it to be much of the same. I'd say Lustig, Boyata, Ayer, Tierney, eh, Brown and Cham, Forrest, Vogic McGregor, Dembele. I think that the sort of we know that the sort of Brown Cham combination picks itself, and in all of the big games recently, Brendan Rodgers. Um, has went with uh, those three in behind Dembele, McGregor, Rogic, and Forrest. Um, F- F- McGregor's obviously in ahead of Sinclair now, who uh, we've touched on in previous podcasts. Had a really poor season by his high standards last year. Um, Brendan, Brendan Rodgers really trusts him, in, in these bigger games, and uh, he performs. Uh, James Forrest's also been great for him, and Tom Rogic. Um, as a big game player, um, loves a loves a goal in a cup final.
0: He does love a goal in a cup final. The big man knows where the where the net is when it comes to the big games,
1: doesn't he? He does, and um, Moussa up front as well. That's that's a given. It's a big game, um, and we know that if he's if he's at it, then Muller will be in for a torrid time.
0: Aye, the big man puts himself about, it and he knows how to find the net as well in the big games. So. Um, aye, it, it's certainly um, one for the ages, just because of the uh, the history that's potentially attached to it. Um, I'm certain that uh, it will be well watched um, by Celtic fans all around the world, um, and you're going to be there uh, at Hamden on the day. So hopefully, get a bit of sunshine for it as well. Hamden in the sun is always a good one.
1: Hopefully, aye, hopefully. Um... It'll be a great day there. I know last, last season's Scottish Cup final was a, a bit of a thunderstorm. Uh-hem. But, aye, ho- hopefully, it'll be a great day. This is actually the first time... I mean, I think I've been a season ticket holder for the best part of ten years now. Um, and I've never never been to a Scottish Cup final, which is uh, a bit of, a, a bit of a, an anomaly, really. But really looking forward to going there on, on Saturday and... As I say, we get them the whack of the allocation this time, unlike the Betfred Cup final. So there'll be a good thirty thirty thousand Celtic fans uh, there, and I hope it's I hope it's a great day and we can we can uh, we can win it. We just spoke about Big
0: Rog; has been a big game player. Um, what about his contract situation? Do you think the big man wants away? Is it? What's your thoughts on Rogic? It'd be nice to see him
1: stay, I think so. I think, um, I think with Rogic, he's grown into the sort of player that it would be really hard for us to replace. I mean, he's got his dribbling abilities really good and he's got that knack of scoring in big games and I don't know who, like, what type of profile of player we would try and replace him with and how much it would cost us. Um, I think for his point of view, obviously going into a World Cup year it'll be the first time um, he's like played at a World Cup for his country. It's obviously a big stage and with his contract running down, having been here for five years now, he probably does think maybe he's achieved all he can at Celtic and I mean, don't get me wrong, like if he is looking to, for a move to a bigger club then the World Cup is the stage for him to sort of make an impact and, and attract that interest but for Celtic I think it's important to try and get him tied down and then come what may, if he wants to leave we can we can command a, a bigger fee for him and if, if his World Cup doesn't materialise into anything and there's not a lot of interest then He's here and he's he's tied down for a long term. Aye, and we've spoke about it, so I think we'd
0: even, before um, it was announced that Paddy was leaving, uh, we had discussions about who we prefer to, to keep on board, and I think we both agreed that Rogic should be the man you would keep on, probably because he's been here five years, he's grown into the player that we need, and, and he works well with the team. We know when we can use him and utilise him at his best, uh, and we do so, often, so... Uh, It would be nice to see the big man put pen to paper. Uh, If he wants to put himself in the shop window in the World Cup, go do that. Um, And then if it goes well, then we we make a wee um, wee bit of profit on the big man and and move him on. And hopefully we can replace him with um, someone equally as good, if not better, in uh, the years to come.
1: Hopefully, aye. But as I say, uh, the best case scenario is that it doesn't come to that. If I was pushed to predict how it would go, I think we will keep him. I think we will. Um, obviously, we were talking about Roberts before. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to, to talk about him leaving. He's uh, away. The man's away. he's he's kind of preempted all of the the hype and the the clamour that to get him back that, that ensued last year after the end of the season by coming out and saying, "I'm probably going to go back to England because that's where I want to." I want to be. And who can blame him? I mean, I think what we've seen since he's come back for injury and then certainly now, because that would have been his last appearance at Celtic Park at the weekend, Brendan Rodgers isn't interested in anybody that's not committed to Celtic. He could... I mean, I think Prasic Roberts would have been a good substitution to make to try and unlock the Aberdeen defence, but I think the, the three subs were Sinclair, Armstrong and Griffiths. And it's just... I mean for his point of view there's there's nothing that's keeping him at Celtic. I, we know that he's had a a really unfortunate season with injuries and obviously James Forrest's been in such good form that he's his game time's been limited since he come back since he's came back for injury and he had his pre season was cut short because Man City dragged out the 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 loan deal in the the first place. So he's had a really unfortunate time since he came back up and there's nothing to tie him to Celtic. He's had two and a half years that initially was only going to be 18 months. It's turned into two and a half years. Something that, even if we'd assigned him permanently, we'd have been lucky to get two and a half years out of him. Um, And I can't deny him the... He's not. I don't think he's he's going to make an impact at Man City. But you can't deny that he he has the quality to go and test himself in the Premier League in England. Uh, that's where he's grown up. He's got. A, he's earned himself a, a big reputation for a young player down there with a move from Fulham to Man City at, at seventeen, eighteen, and that's where he wants to make his impact and. I, I wish him every success in doing that because he's been a joy to watch for the past two and a half years.
0: Aye, he is a player that's a, a step above the Scottish Premier League, but again, um, we have a couple of the players in the squad at the minute um, and it'll be interesting to see how the summer goes. Um, with, like we already touched on Rogic, but Dembele and stuff like that as well to, to see what happens with them. Dembele, I think for the last couple of transfer windows, has been the talk of the town and and people are just waiting on somebody to snap him up and take him down south.
1: Yeah, Dembele's the one where I don't think there's a transfer window that's went by other than the one that he arrived in where his name hasn't been linked with moves away because he had such a big impact in his first season and then coming into this season he was in out team with injuries and he maybe didn't look in great form. And then when it came into January, there was interest for Brighton and it looked like he was gonna go and but I've got a sneaky feeling that he'll definitely be around for the qualifiers and we might keep him at least until January. I just feel like there's probably not gonna be that same level of interest in him as it was sorta of where it where it where it peaked at last year. And if there is any interest in him, it's gonna probably be from a Brighton, a Bournemouth, a West Ham, where he probably doesn't deep down see himself going either. I think if it was If it was maybe an Everton or someday a, a little bit higher than those sort of bottom half clubs, then he'd be much more likely to go. But I just don't know if that interest is going to be there for them. And um, from a business point of view, at least, I think Celtic will definitely be determined to keep him up until the, the qualifiers are done.
0: Do we think just something interesting there when you spoke about Everton is Dembele a fitting replacement for somebody like Lukaku? At Everton, can he go into a team like that and become that that player?
1: Well, he's been linked. Um, Everton was one that he was he was linked with uh, over the course of this season because they they have struggled to replace uh, Lukaku. I mean, I know they they, they bought uh, the boy Cenk Tosun for Besiktas in the January there for for big money, and he's he's done all right. But I think. Dembele would be a perfect fit for a club like Everton because it's not, it's not a a Man City or a Chelsea or, I don't know if he's quite at that level yet because, I mean he is still, he is still young. Um, but he's got all the qualities where it'd be a great asset for Everton. Um, like big, powerful, quick, and that'd be a great level for him because if he can go, and then prove himself at that level with Everton, then he becomes, if he can get 15, 20 goals a season for Everton, then you become like a Lukaku and in two three years time, you might be £90 million a man, you, you might be, so I think it, a club like Everton would be the sort of ideal next step for him. Aye, no I agree and I think when we were talking about the kind of Brightons
0: and uh, maybe Bournemouth West Ham, that sort of idea. Are they the club that's going to give you the, the money that Brendan Rodgers would like to see for Dembele? I don't know. Um, but somebody like an Everton, maybe they will spend the 20-25 million that Brendan Rodgers would like to see for Dembele. And then it brings me to, are we now, after the performance in his form this season versus last season, are you now looking for less money for Dembele? Is Dembele worth less? Is he less of an asset because he's not been... As free flowing with the goals this year because he's not had the same performances.
1: Probably a little bit, but only because football is You're not as good as your last game. Uh, it's such a volatile business. Like I think he's still got all of the qualities. He's still got all of the potential. Um, I don't think Celtic should be. I mean, I know his contract will eventually run down. I'm sure he still has a four-year contract he signed when he arrived, so he's only, ha- he's only halfway through it. I think Celtic shouldn't be bringing their their um, asking price down any, if there is interest. Um, I, I don't expect them to, and I don't think they will. We know that, um, from a business point of view, Celtic has shrewdly won, and we've seen with um, Foster, Van Dyke, Wanyama, that, especially with Van Dyke because he went on to be resold for such a high a high value that we've maybe undercut these players a wee bit. I mean, I know Foster and Wanyama haven't... Foster's still at Southampton and Wanyama has moved on for the same value that we kind of got for him. But there's no doubt that with the Van Dijk transfer to go from £12.5 million to 75 million in the space of two seasons shows that just because Van Dijk went on to get the validation, the English Premiership, the English Premier League seal of approval by performing well for Southampton, it wasn't a. I mean, in no world apart from the English Premier League is that the jump from 12.5 million to 75 million? So that's where I think Celtic will be saying to these clubs, that's the price. And right. it probably. For Dembele, maybe it is only 20 million. I don't I don't see, for all I've said that, I don't see Celtic rejecting more than 20 million. However it's structured, I don't think if it's 22, 23, certainly if it's 25, it'll be a, a goner. Right. And it'll be a brilliant bit of business. And kind of like Patrick Roberts, you can't you you hold him back, you can't resent him for, I mean... He's shown his quality. He's been here for a couple of seasons. And, and if we can make the the money from the sale, then it's, it's a no-brainer. 100% a good bit of
0: business. And like you said, um, Celtic over the, the last kind of, however many years have been shrewdly run as a business, and, and it's served as well. Um, it's allowing us to continue to invest and develop not only the team but the club. Um, and it's good to be a part of.
1: Um, just to, to come back there, you said... Well, oh, Bournemouth, our, our clubs are that out, be able to come up with the money that Celtic are looking for for Dembele. Did you, don't know if you've seen uh, Bournemouth's top transfer targets, Kieran Tierney, in the summer?
0: No, didn't
1: see. <coughs> Aye, um, Eddie Howes. Top is short and list, Kieran Tierney. <laughs> they, they need to be handing
0: over 40 million for Kieran Tierney for me. Aye,
1: 40 million a leg. <laughs> I mean, apart from anything to do with money, Kieran Tierney has been linked with far bigger clubs than Bournemouth, Aye. and he's only he's only 20. Yeah. And if anything's clear, it's that for for now and for his foreseeable future, he's absolutely committed to playing for Celtic. Right. And not dismiss Bournemouth too much, but, I mean, come on, he's not going to leave Celtic to fight relegation at Bournemouth. When, oh. you, when you can see, like you talk about good Scottish players that are coming through now, and him, himself and Andy Robertson, are probably the two leading lights for Scotland right now. It's just ironic that they're both left backs. But <laughs> when you look at Andy Robertson and the level he's at, he's ended up at the right club where he's playing in the Champions League final next week. That's a level that Ciaran Tierney can get to. But I know Andy Robertson went there in a, route, a different route where he's he went to Hull and then on to Liverpool. But I don't think that the right move for Ciaran Tierney. At 20 years old is to go for Celtic to Bournemouth
0: Like you say, he's linked to two big clubs to to want to because he has Celtic through and through and um, he doesn't want to leave so for him to leave for somebody like Bournemouth, it would be ridiculous um, he's not going to do it uh, Bournemouth have got absolutely zero chance of attracting Kieran Tierney away from uh, Celtic so that, that isn't going to happen but it is nice when you hear him being linked to clubs like Manchester United and taking a real keen interest because it shows the the potential that Kieran Tierney has. And we've spoken about it before countless times that we would like to see Kieran Tierney stay here, get 10 in a row um, with Celtic, and then at 24, 25 years old, take himself down into the Premiership to one of the bigger teams or take himself abroad and, and really achieve massive things in his career because he's not going to win Champions Leagues at Celtic um, but he's got that potential in him you just touched on Andy Robertson about to play in the Champions League final I would love to see Kieran play in a Champions League final that boy deserves it he's got the potential and he's so committed and dedicated as a professional that again we've spoken about that it's, it's unusual it's almost unnatural and unheard of in Scotland for um, these professionals to be uh, not drinking alcohol and all the stuff that that boy does Run about his career and make himself the best possible player he can be. So, I it'd be nice to see him stay with us, get the ten in a row, and then it'd be even nicer if he goes on and fulfils his full potential in uh, professional football.
1: Absolutely, aye. Like if he, as you say, if if we can, if we can maintain that level towards ten in a row, he'll only be 23, 24, still well before his peak, and and then. I think we would all be more than happy to see him go on and fulfil all his ambitions and maximise his potential and and go as far as he possibly can because um I think that's that's what we would all like to see. Right. He's
0: one of us. <laughs> we would we'd all love to see him go and do big things. Absolutely. It's been nice to, to kinda move well onto some high notes and, and talk about some of the better players in the team and talk about some of the more uplifting stuff. Um really looking forward to Saturday uh to see the boys put on a performance uh, like we know they can um bring home the the double treble um and then we'll be next week leading into um probably a recap of the, the Scottish Cup final without a doubt. Um but then looking at things like uh the transfers and some of the rumours that are going about, some of the targets that are coming up, um, which you can see throughout the summer, and uh, we'll continue to bring um, content uh, across the probably only three or, or four weeks before the 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 qualifiers come in for the
1: Champions League. Aye, I think probably next week um, we'll look back at the Cup Final and we'll kind of we'll do a kind of season review and we'll talk about moments of the season, good moments bad moments and then as you say, we'll ha- maybe have a couple of weeks where we can have a, a couple of unusual podcasts and maybe look at transfers and um, look ahead to to different things that are coming up and then before we know it we'll be back down to, to qualifiers but um, aye, um, I'm looking forward to, to Saturday and hopefully we can bring it home
0: Aye um, another one just before we, we can uh finish up here. Um we did talk about uh maybe doing a wee podcast um dedicated to Scott Brown, uh, his testimonial um as the day following the, the cup final. So we'll also have a wee blur of that and maybe we can um in the the closed season, um give a wee bit of respect and, and tribute to Scott Brown um and run through a wee bit of podcast with uh, with Bruni and what he's done
1: with. I definitely will we'll try and try and schedule a, a podcast dedicated to to Scott Brown um in the close season as you say. Um just good to mark his, his ten years at the club and look at his his journey since he since he joined. Um I mean it's not been it's not been all um it's not been all ups the way the way it has been the past couple of seasons. So it'll be good to just look at his journey and then pay tribute to him um after his testimonial on, on Sunday. Guys,
0: uh thanks again for listening in to Celtic twenty twenty one. again we will uh bring uh our insights into the the boys and, and how they're getting on um week to week. Um and please do uh jump on to iTunes um give us a wee five star rating there and catch up with us on Twitter at Celtic2021. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week.